Welcome to the Enterprise Excellence Podcast, where our purpose is to help create a better future. Learn from our world's experts how to improve your organization sustainably. Learn how to achieve and sustain an excellence journey for yourself, others, and the planet. And I'm your host, Brad Jevons, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. We are proudly brought to you in association with SA Partners, a world-leading business transformation consultancy. SA Partners are a truly purposeful company focused on helping organisations achieve sustainable improvement for themselves, others and the planet. Welcome to episode 88 of the Enterprise Excellence Podcast. I'm so pleased to welcome back a mentor of mine and a good friend, Mr. Dirk Krauss. We spoke in the last episode about Hoshin Kunri and the planning that every member of an organisation is involved in. Today we chat more about adaption, controlled experimentation and innovation, going to Gemba and building an embedded culture of continuous improvement. It takes years. Dirk, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Nice to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Dirk, with, um, like, I got taught at university about Michael Porter's work and competitive advantage and the criticality of that, and you get taught how to put together a wonderful plan. And it's like at university, I was taught how to do all the stuff at the top, but I wasn't taught anything about the power of connecting the front line why is that mate why is that that well i think it's probably the way that uh anything science or uh management evolves academically um there's some good good thinking and good uh principles there but as uh as knowledge increases or experience increases, uh, knowledge increases and therefore people adapt. I mean, uh, the Japanese adapted after the shock of the Second World War for them. Their country was completely uh, devastated. The two biggest uh, uh, impacts for them has probably come from people like Edward Deming, and uh, what was the other guy's name? Um, Rucker. Yeah, so there were a few. And the point is these, these were guys, Americans, who had the, the knowledge but had not uh, yet put this into practice. Yeah. Uh, and they found, obviously, in Japan, a really a burning platform, people really wanting to get out of the deep and uh, yet willing to to learn and to experiment. And that's uh, still the, um, the aim in Lean is to continually experiment, allow people to, to do things in an organized fashion, uh, innovation through uh, controlled uh, testing, trials, experimenting, and learn from it. And the important thing, for instance, uh, that uh, the Japanese uh, daughters, they would always ask the question, always, often ask the question, what failure have you experienced? Uh, especially on the floor. And, and in the beginning, people wouldn't want to uh, share that. But the, the next question then was, so what can we learn from that? Not what can you learn, what can we learn from? And that was so powerful because then it puts people on this on 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 the on the road of 
learning from it and making the next step. Very similar to the, and that's why it's actually called the scientific method. You know, uh, learn from the mistakes and that gives you the knowledge to make the next step. Yeah. I guess with the mistakes too, you've got that element of emotion, element of burning platform that it puts you in a place of adaption, doesn't it? That's Dirk, right. Dirk, I know within, especially within Australia, we sort of rode through the GFC okay, didn't we? So we've had like 20, 30 years of just upward progression. And it's in the 20, 30 years that these models have really become prevalent within Australia anyway, and probably around the West, really. Now, maybe maybe it is that we haven't had a burning platform enough to really make a lot of our organizations adapt rapidly to need to do this or I don't know. What's your thoughts? Why why is it not taking off more solidly here? Or is it a, or is that a challenge around the world? I think that is uh, true around the world, but I think Australia may be more so. And as you say, I think for exactly the reason that you quoted there. I think also uh, that it's perhaps very difficult for exec level to understand uh, their role in this kind of a culture. And that is something that they need coaching on. Even boards, uh, Dirk, even boards, I think. like it's Yep, even boards. But I think the main thing is that um, they find themselves uh, unequipped and unsure as to how they would proceed. And so the typical process is they, they hear about lean, uh, they uh, agree with it, the concept, uh, they like the concept of continuous improvement, all of that. They can see that it can bring in cost savings, improvement in quality, all those things. Unfortunately, that should not be the focus because uh, you, what you need to focus on is how to make it a competitive advantage by making it permanent. Uh, because some of the first things that I often hear uh, from uh, heads in, 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 uh, in companies, what happens when you run out of your low-hanging fruit? Well, uh, that just, that's just unfortunate that um, I think industry is often uh, often have the concept that continuous improvement is more the project style approach uh, done by a few whereas the lean approach is the opposite and that's often uh, where the misunderstanding comes from if you can get everybody everybody including the sweeper on the floor to start making improvements in his daily job um, that you never run out of ideas. Uh, if you look at the Toyotas and Bridgestones, uh, 70 years in the case of uh, Toyota, 60 in the case of Bridgestone, and uh, I don't know, Panasonic is probably close behind. Uh, they've done this for decades, and they're still not running out of ideas. I know. Of course, and, yeah. this is always a better, a better way. You know, yeah. uh, It's the same way that science develops. Uh, you don't just make an improvement and then it's done and sealed forever. No, it keeps developing. Yeah, yeah. And Dirk, those companies you just mentioned, they're the quiet achievers in our worlds. Like when you look at what Panasonic is behind right now, 
Like they're not out there on ads all over the place and, you know, but the advancements in batteries and everything that they are behind right now in our world is off the charts. Correct. And people don't know it, but the reason they are is because they're such a company of excellence, like the quality of what they make and the price they can make it for is just off the charts. Mm. But they're able to then help evolve our world into where we need to go for the future of our planet and everything, mm. but do it in a very quiet, humble way. It's, it's, it's yeah. amazing. It's, it's interesting. Uh, uh, I can say the same about Bridgestone. They, uh, it was interesting. After they got the Deming Prize in 64, they were threatened by the Japanese uh, Union of Science, uh, Scientists and Engineers uh, that they have to publish this so that they, this can be shared. Now, Bridgestone was so uh, insular, and I must say, as a company still today, that they had to be forced to put it in a publication, and they only made a very limited publication of this book <laughs> on the on Hoshin. Um, they're quiet. They, they're not out there to, to, to brag about that. They... Uh, they tend to just do it. Yeah. So, Dirk, we, this conversation, I can really, it's been amazing. I can really see that the secret is if we want to achieve greatness in an organization, we need to help senior leaders get coached and become the guns and then help them coach and develop others. And part of that is Hoshin Kunri. How do we, how do we go about that? And do you have an example where we've had some success in the West with that? Yeah, there are several companies in the West, uh, Danaha uh, in, in the US um, uh, is one. Uh, I would think, um, uh, look, there are several different sizes. Uh, um, Art Bain was uh, another one that uh, initially with YML did tremendous work, but then... Um, uh, managed to, to get an, a number of companies uh, and larger companies uh, in the same way. It is, it is just crucial to observe all of those successes came when it was driven by the top. Yeah, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? And like, it and like you said, they all, all come from the top. Yeah, it comes from the top. So how to go about it is obviously us as practitioners need to be equipped on how to uh, engage them and clarify their role. Because if their expectation is that uh, we will just be doing uh, some projects, we'll make some cost savings, improve the quality, uh, and leave them alone kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, or all form an agile or lean practice, and it's their job to do it. That's right. It's not a task that can be delegated, number one. Uh, and they have to realize that it's a culture. And even uh, things like uh, organizational changes uh, could completely upset the cart in, in the earlier phases thereof, in maybe even permanently, because even Toyota had some issues at some stages with uh, different directions, although they were all very well versed in, in, in TPS. Uh, they nevertheless had uh, had some some rethink to do at, at certain stages due to some organizational changes. 
so I think all of that you need to preserve if you want to establish a new culture. You need to get the guys at the top to do it, but they also need to be accountable to preserve that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the cartas that or uh, that we do through Hoshan or uh, tools like Hoshan and also uh, Gimba Coaching, very powerful for that. Uh, the key, however, is to get the C-suite level to understand their role and to clarify their role. Their role are not necessarily to be the expert on anything. That's why they will have the, the continuous improvement or lean office that uh, continually experiment and uh, manage a lot of that. But they need to understand the underlying principles and concepts to be able to drive a culture. Yeah. And I'm guessing Dirk and things like Hoshan Cunnery, they need to be very skilled at that. Because Oh, yes. Yeah. So I would say the two tools that they need, absolutely need, they need the basic philosophies of uh, like respectful people, which is another gap that I normally see. Uh, respectful people. And then uh, also uh, the tools being Hoshan and Gemba Coaching. Yeah. Gemba Coaching is not about putting accountability down on the floor. It's neither for the CEO, the CEO to walk away with uh, a list of things that he's going to fix. No, it is about getting people to, to be challenged in a respectful way. I think Fuji Cho, uh, ex-chairman from Toyota, stated it very well. He says, go see. Uh, understand by asking questions and then show respect. So yeah. it's not to say, why did this happen? How are you going to fix this? Uh, it is challenging people on what can we do about this and not walk away there. I'll go and fix this and I'll go and talk to so-and-so. That is not, you can do that, but that's not the purpose. Yeah, And I think, uh, uh, in, in many cases, that's what uh, I have experienced that some uh, exec believe that that's what they need to do and they don't want to do it. They are already too busy. Yeah. People down on the floor need to do their job. Yeah. You know? And it, that part is right. They need to do the job, but they need to be nudged in the right way without being prescriptive, uh, being challenged. Show them the respect that you believe that they are capable of coming up with the solutions. You don't have to go and problem solve it for them. You don't have to come up with the solutions. You don't have to, even have to go and organize things. Except where it is organizational, which is where the exec needs to, to step in and realize that cannot be done at any other level than theirs. Yeah. When I was first involved in deploying enterprise excellence, I gained so much from being able to connect with global experts like Chris Butterworth, Alex Teo, and Peter Hines. They shared their knowledge, but also inspired me to keep moving forward. We can now offer this same opportunity to many of our listeners. We are currently forming the enterprise excellence community. This community is for people practically deploying an excellence journey within their organization or for those highly involved in it. The community allows us to link you directly with our world's experts to learn each month for now. 
We already have Dr. Jeff Sutherland, Jeff Leiker, Pascal Dennis, Laurent Summon, Dr. Morgan Jones and Lewis Trigger confirmed for the coming months. After the hour session with a global expert, we then break into small groups with our peers to help each other overcome challenges and continue to move towards our organization's vision of excellence and goals. To get involved or gain more information, reach out for our website, enterpriseexcellencepodcast.com backslash contact. We look forward to talking to you soon and working together to create a better future. So the key systems then, Dirk, and is, you know, they need to be really skilled at Hoshin Canary, really skilled at Gamba or leading from the front, and I guess the right behaviors around that. But can I ask one more question, Dirk? Would you say with doing Gamba, do they have to really know their operating and cultural system deeply too? When they do go to Gemba, they need to know it intimately or what's your thoughts with that? So it is a learning process. That's why they go down to the floor. It's about learning and understanding their own processes better. Now, often, uh, and it is, it's interesting, even at lower levels, you can fall into uh, the trap. You've been there uh, but a few years ago. Uh, and then you move up, and then you think you know that level, then you move up again, you think, well, you know, know it all, but things have changed, and you're not yeah, realizing yeah. that. And so uh, the only reality is the current reality. Not last year's, not five years ago, maybe not even last week's. Yeah. yeah so the, the purpose of going down there is really to there's a lot there's a whole list of uh, main reasons but i think the purpose really is to go see and learn to understand and then show respect by challenging the people Um, that's basically the key so yes absolutely it's about process understanding and knowing the process understanding where the roadblocks are and uh, in a very subtle way focus, resources. Uh, and, you know, it is, it is amazing to see when this is uh, being done, uh, being introduced to a company for the first time. And to later year, people say, oh, so-and-so came down and, and uh, uh, spoke to me about this issue. And he said, you, we guys can solve it. And uh, they actually brag at Tiru. And he's coming back in two weeks. And he wants to find out what, what we've done. Uh, and just the lift that it does, the, the showing of respect. Uh, yeah, that's how people develop. And um, by being challenged in the, in, in the right professional way. Yeah. So, Dirk, it really sounds like a key role of change agents and people like ourselves and yourself with what you're doing going forward is being able to engage the senior executive, help them become really skilled at Hoshin Cunnery, help them become really skilled at Gamba and learning constantly as they do that and keeping abreast and, 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 but empowering as they do it also. Great. But then the other question I got Dirk with it is that the power of that is there's very little resource needed from an external point of view to help that happen because you got, it's not like you have to, instantly go into the whole organization. You know, you're starting with a handful of people to help skill up and build capability. But they, you mentioned, Dirk, before 
they're busy, like these people are already busy. What do you typically find they're busy doing and they we need the shift to help them become more focused on these other other cultural and strategic systems? Not sure you should get me started on that. <laughs> a very long time. Uh, unfortunately, a lot, lot of good work, but done in lots of meetings. Uh, so uh, I think before all of that, before you start helping them to see where time is wasted, uh, is really to get some role clarity for the senior exec. Look, the finance director will have a completely different role to play than the quality director or the ops director or whatever. So you need to clarify their role for them first. And that brings a lot more focus uh, to, uh, to their daily work. And of course, they will all come up with the explanation, look, I'm just too busy. I can't do this. And that's the opportunity for the sensei or the consultant to go in and show them where time can be, uh, uh, I don't want to say shaved off, but spent a lot more efficiently. I think, um, I think you named a big one there in the meetings of I've seen executives shift and basically save a whole headcount out of their executive team in meetings. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've in, in in one of in one of my companies in the companies that I worked for uh, on one site, they the whole site was plagued with massive meetings. So I put a challenge to them, uh, and I worked them through a model that I have uh, on on meetings. So a lot of it is uh, best practices from various uh, other sources um, combined with what the Japanese are doing. And we managed in the first year to reduce our total meeting time by 50%. Wow, that's some time saved. And when we did that, we actually, I then challenged, well, now I remember the first time around, the guys were not, they were not uh, even believing that we would ever be able to achieve that. and But we did. So I then challenged them a second time. Can we next year cut another 50%? And there was hesitancy, but the first time people said, yes, we've done it, we can do it again. And we did it again. Yeah, nice. So it is possible. Um, it does take some work to get to get there and education but you know basic things so many things are being read in meetings um, or discussions uh, that people are not have not prepared for yeah or no no strategic focus and no measures or anything yeah, so based let's say you have got a good uh, agenda and you have clarified what the purposes of any uh, item is does everyone need to be in on that part of the discussion as one secondly what is the purpose of it? Is it for a decision? Is it for communication? Is it for debate? Uh, are we going to allow just brainstorming or are we just going to uh, uh, talk to the facts or are people going to divert from the agenda item itself? Those things need to be clarified up front. And, you know, 
providing the pre-reading, a good structure. Uh, if you do that, you can actually almost immediately after the meeting put out the minutes. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And we, we become so habitual with the meetings we've got and the way they run with no structure and just a rabbit warren of conversations. But the time is mm. cr crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So one key aspect there too is for the most senior person that's invited to a meeting to check who else of his team had been invited. And then say, well, if he's there, I don't have to be there. Or if I'm, I need to be there, then maybe two or three of the other guys don't have to be there. And allow people to, to opt out of meetings. I mean, I think the culture gets established once you're invited. It's yeah. a sin to not uh, attend. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, it's, it, it should actually be the other way around. Yeah. There's a if, 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 it's a, if it's communication or if it's clear as to the purpose of that agenda point, you know exactly why you're there. And you don't have to sit and listen to stuff that is uh, not part of your, part of your uh, ambit, actually. Yeah, too true. Yeah. There's a technique I um, heard from, learned from Agile and Jeff Sutherland, which has built one of the foundations is Lean, El Toyota production systems and everything out of those Japanese companies. But he mentioned that, you know, you start at the front with meetings and then as you go up, it's about who's interdependent on each other to execute based on the front line. And that's who should be in meetings. If, not, if there's no interdependency to help the front line, why be there? And I thought that word interdependencies, who's, who's actually interdependent of each other here and needs to meet to support that frontline execution. Uh, I love that. That was a real insight for me. Yeah. yeah and, and, and of course, distilling as to the purpose, again, plays a crucial role there. And if it's not communicated up front uh, in the agenda or the agenda documents that come out, uh, how can you make that call yeah. when you get an invite? Yeah. You can't. Well, Dirk, I think we've we've solved a lot of the world's problems here in some regards from organizations <laughs> today. It's it's amazing, you know, that you know, we've really honed on that piece at the senior leadership play. We've honed on a piece of exactly how we can save time for them to play that, because I think most senior leadership teams would be struggling with what we just spoke about. That'd be like the top of the Prito chart on um time waste. And then we've also spoken about the key aspects of being skilled at Hoshin Cunnery, skilled at Gamba, and then, um, you know, learning constantly about the operating system and the cultural system as you go forward. It's really, really cool. Dirk, what would be a two-minute tip you would give to, um, you know, a, a, an improvement change agent, an organization, or a leader around this topic we're talking on? I would say that the first thing uh, you should we should realize is that without the C-suite, we won't change a culture. You can impact it, but whether you can change it, no. So if you really want success and lasting success, that's the first uh, order call. Um, now, I know many of, many of us have had the experience that uh, once you get to a company, the expectation is to be uh, to just get this done. And maybe you've already inherited a system. Uh, what I'm saying, best uh, starting point 
is to start right at the top. If you cannot get through there, you may you may as well not start at all. Yeah, because, go find the next challenge. Yeah, go for the next challenge. Because uh, that's where you'll get success and that's where you will leave a lasting legacy for the company and a competitive advantage because once a company is on that role, it becomes very hard to stop. Uh, it takes some time, though. It is not something that's done in, in two or three years. Um, uh, and the longer it can run, the better, the more ingrained it becomes. That's the whole purpose of the whole part of system uh, to get the routine going and people to to have the discipline, develop the discipline. Because once they apply the discipline and see the results, it becomes very hard to turn around. Yeah, yeah. It's it's become part of the culture. And it links back to so many other studies that is just going through my mind, you know, from other avenues. Dirk, what's been a recent insight for you? What's been something that you've learned recently? Oh, never stop. Uh, I uh, retired recently and... Uh, but I made myself the promise. I'm not going to completely stop. Uh, I wanted to still be uh, active in a in uh, a meaningful way, passionate about this uh, this this work. Uh, it's something I enjoy incredibly much. Maybe not uh, in in full time employ. So uh, yes, I would like to still be engaged and uh so as a personal uh thing that i've learned uh, recently is that uh, that's very important also from a health point of view um i had uh i had advice from several people in my career that said you know if you if you stop it becomes very hard to to continue uh, and uh you get some kind of a brain freeze uh, and i don't want that to ever happen no, that sounds like a good good advice. And Dirk, what like that you're now out and freelancing and supporting organizations now. Um, how can people reach out to you? Like I'm sure there's going to be listeners that hear this topic and think, wow, okay, well, I really want to help my organization. What what territory or region are you are you focused in or is it global? And how can people reach out to you if they want to connect and get some deeper help? Okay, maybe the easiest is uh, LinkedIn or uh, my website, which is uh, leansensei.com.au. Um, my reach uh, at this stage, and I've, I've always been, it's, uh, it actually started when I immigrated to New Zealand uh, ooh, some, you know, a decade and a half ago. Uh, that I still had contact with uh, companies abroad uh, that I assisted with uh, on a freelance basis. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about the technology advantages that we have today. So I'm, I'm available in, in all formats of the game, awesome. um, whether face-to-face -face or online or virtual, uh, planning to do some webinars in the future, um, yeah, so there are many opportunities, but the easiest way to contact is either through LinkedIn or uh, my website. Yeah, leansensei.com.au. .au. 
Dirk, well, thank you so much, mate. Like from the first time I met you in Mentone, Victoria, I think it was an amazing conversation and this has been an exceptional one. And thanks for everything you have done, mate, and what you will continue to do to help us create a better future, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for the interview. Cheers, Dirk. Bye for now. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. What a great episode. There were two key takeaways for me from this episode. The first of all was the importance of the C-suite and if you can really get these senior executives involved on a journey. Of course, as Dirk mentioned, culture change and the sustaining of that comes a lot from leadership and leadership shadow. Without the C-suite involved, it can be really difficult to ensure a sustainable excellence journey into the future. The second key takeaway for me was just the whole conversation on Ocean Canary and the power of this approach of strategic planning and deployment and then execution at all levels throughout the organisation. What a great episode. Thanks so much for your time, knowledge. Dirk, we really appreciate you helping us create a better future. Bye for now.